Rainy Scorchani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's gonna rock. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back, everybody, to Meet Us at Molly's, episode 56. Um, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Bryna, and with me, as always, is Gina. Hello! Um, tonight we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, it's been kind of a crazy last week, 10 days or so in both of our lives, um, Mm -hmm. ever since Gina came to visit. So instead we didn't have really time to record single episodes for each show. So we're just kind of, kind of do like we did when we went to Chicago, just quick hits about all the shows, the episodes that aired since all three were back this week too. Of course they were, um, to make things more difficult. So, yeah, we're just going to do some quick hits on, let's see, we've got Med episode 15, PD episode 19, and Fire episode 18. Um, But first, as always, we're going to talk a little bit about the news this week. And there's a shit ton of news. Of course, there is, too. There really is, though. I was looking at the outline before we started recording, and I was like, oh, my God, when did all of this happen? Yeah, there was a lot. There was just something every day and multiple. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is, um, there was, it's based off of one of Derek's Q&As, not, so not this past Sunday being the 15th, but the Sunday before that, um, where he'd answered something or mentioned about how they were going to address the death of Deshaun on fire, but then the Chicago Tribune picked it up and made it an article and, like, fluffed out some details. So apparently, according to Derek, um, you know, they're going to address it next season, you know, when they actually have time to fully address the death of Connie since they were pretty much already done writing season six when she passed. Um, and, you know, Derek said it's something they're going to feel is appropriate. And so I don't know what, I don't know if I want Connie to die or I don't know how I want them to write her out, but I'm, I know I trust that they're going to do it the way they feel is best to honor her. So, yeah, I feel like they should honor the character, not just do Sean. I, cause I mean, We didn't see much of Connie, but, you know, she was one of those people that without her, that fire. Right. She was a scene stealer. Yeah. The firehouse would fall apart without her. You just know that. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, either way, they'll probably, they'll either write her off or kill her off. And just from saying that, I imagine they're probably just going to write her off. That's what I hope. I don't know if I really want them to kill her off because I don't know. I don't know why I want, I don't want them to kill her off, but I'd rather them write her off. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. But I'm glad they're doing it next season. I didn't want them to try to just like fit in a scene and rush it. I didn't think they would, but it, I'm glad that we have confirmation that like that's not how they're gonna go. Right. She's popping up in almost every episode now, which breaks my heart. I know. But still, I I don't even know how to like put that into words. How that makes me feel. But I mean, I love that we're seeing Connie, of course. But knowing that she's passed, it just is sad. Yeah. No, it's really sad. And I mean. We didn't even see her this week, but there was, like, a reference to her. And I was just like, oh, my God, even just the reference. Yeah. And then on Twitter, I mean, you weren't watching live. So I don't know if you even saw this on Twitter or went back. But I was live tweeting from our account. And Miranda did this tweet where she was, like, retweet if, um, like, watching this or, you know, every time Connie's mentioned, you know, like, you think of Dushan or, you know, just something to, like, keep her memory going. And then so some of the stars were posting pictures of her. It was just, like, a 
like every time I saw or, or saw someone make a comment about it, I was just like, oh my god, this is so sad. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't see that. I, I, I actually, I actually watched it without sound too. I had to watch it with subtitles. I did a lot you this weekend. You watched it without guys. sound? Yeah, I was I was pretty much cheating on the Chicago fandom this weekend is what I was doing. I was um at a supernatural convention, one of my other shows that I do watch, and so I was waiting for autographs actually, and I had enough time to watch fire. But so, wait, why did you have headphones? Um I think I had left them in the room. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah, horrible. Just, I know it's totally horrible. I watched it with subtitles, but I did not see that tweet. Um, but that's that's really sweet, and I'm glad that the, you know they're they're trying to keep her memory alive. I want to see the characters kind of honor Connie. Yeah, agree. So yeah, agree. Um, so the next thing that we have, and I don't okay. So in one of the races Instagram stories, I want to say this was from like Tuesday or Wednesday. What day did you go away for work? The day I left for Nashville, which was Wednesday. Okay. So that day, I remember it was so Wednesday. Lorius had posted an Instagram story and it was a picture of him in his one of his police get ups, whatever. Um, and it was the the thing he wrote on it was says to the smile before to the smile that you you before you say we got season six grandma. Gina, what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you take that as official enough as a renewal, like, you know, renewal news scene as it comes from one of the show from P- one of PD's stars? I wish I did, but I unfortunately do not. Unless NBC tells the cast and crew before they tell the public. But I don't think that's true because Derek always says that he knows when we know. See, I called... See, I call that. I call, I feel like it. I feel like the situations are different because. So, for example, I the, one of the shows I really gotten into recently is Timeless, and I made Gina watch some of it too. Um, so I've been watching all kinds of interviews and whatever. And the story with Timeless is that after season one, they got canceled, and then like two days later, they got brought back for season two, which is incredible because the show is incredible. But anyway, so in a lot of the interviews and things like that. The way it goes first is with, or at least with them, and which is an NBC show, so little relation here to Chicago, the Chicago shows, is that when they found out they were canceled, they found out, the writers found out, and the writers and creators found out from NBC first, and then from there it went to the actors. And when they got picked up again and, you know, they wanted to announce it, NBC told the writers and creators first, and then they told the actors, and they wanted the actors to be the ones to announce it. Hmm. So that's just at least that's timeless is timeless is story. And I understand that not every show is, you know, every show is different and whatever. But I feel like I feel like NBC is not going to put it out into the audience and not have told Derek. But I could be wrong. I just feel uh, like that seems a little crazy. Yeah, no, it could. Um, side note, by the way, you know, about Timeless, you know what other show the creator of Timeless created? No, what? Supernatural. Wait, which one? Eric Kripke. He did? He did. That's so funny. Yeah. So they're kind of, eh, I mean, I've never seen Supernatural, so I can't say they're two different shows, but. Um, also, Misha's in season one, by the way. Of Shut up. No, he's not. He's Elliot Ness. What? 
Yeah, and I'm trying. I'm convincing Brian. I'm trying to convince Brian to watch one episode of Supernatural. I'm sorry, I, I digress. Just, I know. I just agreed to, but anyway, that's a whole. I mean, my whole thing. I'm going off the timeless was to talk about the fact that it's an NBC show, and they find out the writers slash creators find out, and then the actors always found out whether it was cancellation or for renewal. So I don't know. I just find it a little hard to believe that they don't tell. I mean, I understand them not telling NBC, not telling the actors, then the actors finding out, but not Derek. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I know a lot about the way Hollywood works, but I also get reminders quite often that I have no fucking clue what happens behind the scenes. Right. And I don't know, in in terms of back to LaRoyce, I I take this as official enough. Like, for me, it kind of just almost, like, guarantees that it's going to happen, which is something we all know. Like, it's like a 99.9% thing. But, like... I don't know. It just seems also a little weird that like he posted it. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. You know, now that I think about it, I remember during season 1, I remember Sophia tweeted something. It was either the night before or like the morning of and she was like, "I just got some really exciting news that I can't share yet, but I can't wait to." And it'll come soon. And it was either the next day or later that afternoon that the news broke before Sophia could share it, that it was about renewal. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But either way, I mean, all three shows are locks for renewal. So it's going to happen. It's just we're impatient because we want to know when. Yeah, and I feel like PD especially just because of all the syndication and the fact that they just got more syndication. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's PD especially. I mean, granted, like you said, all three of them are kind of locks, but PD especially just because of syndication and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they're, like, all in it together. You know, if one gets renewed, they're all going to get renewed. Yeah, you say that. But last year is the quintessential example of that not always being the case. Do we really? I'm not even. No, I'm going to I'm gonna knock on wood and shut my ass up. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so next thing. So TV Line had an interview with um, Colin. Um, and he was talking about, you know, it says Chicago Mets Colin Donald talks damaged Connor's new flirtation and amazing Arrow encores. Um, so, yeah, it was really just about Connor. And obviously he talked about Arrow a little bit, which made me happy. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out, uh, just in terms of this, like, new flirtation things they were talking about. And they were talking about the fact, is Connor still, like, heartbroken over... Um, Shit, I cannot think of Makia Cox's character right now. Robin. Robin. <laughs> yeah. I was not going to call her Robin, so I'm glad you just, yeah. Anyway, um, so Colin said he's like, you know, one of the nice things about the way they wrote it and the way that we played it throughout the season is he's pretty damaged by that. Um, it was a relationship that he certainly gave his all, almost to a fault. Um, he was really committed to it. It has informed not only the way he's cautiously entering into other relationships, but I definitely think... I think he's definitely carrying it forward with him and trying to take his time to get over it, which I hold, think is interesting. Hold the phone. Hold. Wait. Colin. I got to call bullshit. I'm sorry. I have to. Like, okay. So they're trying to play it that he's really damaged. Um, how? I oh. think by him acting out, if you want to call it that, or, you know, his playboy ways, like that is him reacting like that is his reaction to him being heartbroken and being damaged by robin leaving 
It has informed not only the way that he's cautiously entering into other relationships. Um, excuse you, Connor Severide. You're sleeping with every female that moves. Um, cautious my ass. Um, I think he's definitely carrying it forward with him and trying to take his time to get over it now. I mean, okay, so, I mean, clearly Connor does not share his feelings. We've clearly established that. But I feel like we haven't seen that at all. We've just seen him sleep with every woman in Chicago that Severide hasn't slept with. Yet. <laughs> But I think that I think what they're trying to say, I agree with you a little bit on that's how it plays off. Like that's how we as an audience sees it on the screen. But I think in terms of the way when they talking about the way they're playing it, I think that is him carrying it forward and trying to take his time to get over it is the fact that he can just sleep with ever whoever he wants to and you know, it doesn't matter. Like those aren't relationships. Right. What about how he cautiously bought that Porsche? That is not entering another relationship, Gina. That is him just being impulsive. No, but that's what I'm saying is he's like doing crazy shit. I don't really call that being cautious. But it's cautiously entering to other relationships. They didn't say that he couldn't. He was cautious in all aspects of his life. No, that's true. I I don't even. I just. I don't even know. Yeah. I also was kind of annoyed that. I mean, I understand they're not trying to. Colin can't tease what's going to happen on Arrow, but, like, come on now, Colin. Yeah, what did he say about Arrow? I Nothing, really. They, like, tried to get it out of him. He's like, you know, I can't really say. I'm excited that I got to go back. And, like, they were asking him about, um, like, his previous, you know, because he was on earlier this season with playing, like, an evil version of Tommy. So they, like, talked about that. But nothing. I mean, they can't. He can't spoil anything, so. Also, Josh, speaking of, since we're talking about Chicago, Josh Segura, who played Justin Voigt, was on this past week of Arrow. Again. Pour some out for Justin Voigt. He was playing, well, because his character died in the finale last year. Spoiler for Arrow, sorry. Um, but he, like, came back and played a version of his character that was kind of like, um, it's kind of like, this episode was very much like a Christmas Carol, like, this is your life, Oliver, like, these were your choices thing. And so Josh Segura was like, the angel or the devil or whatever, like, leading Oliver through the episode and through all these, like, parts of his life. It was weird. But Josh Segura, I loved. How much do you hate that when an actor dies on one show and then he comes onto another show that you watch only to die on that show, too? Yeah. But he lasted a whole season and, like, a solid whole season, like, being the slightly main part of the season, which is more than we could ever say for Chicago PD, so... That is a fictional death I will probably never get over. It's Justin Voigt. I know. I know. Anyway, got off track again talking about Arrow. But it was brought <laughs> up in this article, so I had to talk about it. Anyway, so there was a Matt Carter interview with Tracy Spiridakos, and she kind of just talked a little bit about Upton's journey and Jay and future hopes. Nothing we haven't – I mean, there were a whole lot of answers that we, you know, had seen her give before to certain questions, so nothing really new. Something I thought was interesting was Matt asked her about, you know, like what would she like to see for Upton's storyline or whatever – and Tracy said, she's like, going forward, I would love to see Haley's brothers. I know she has an edginess that I would love to dip into and explore a little bit. I see her as someone who rides dirt bikes in her spare time. I see her doing something different. That would be fun. The whole second, the whole, mainly the whole thing doesn't bother me. Did we know Haley had brothers, though? She has mentioned it. I don't remember specifically when, um, but she has mentioned that she has at least two brothers. I did not remember that. I was like, wait, what? Haley has brothers? Mm-hmm. What? 
Yeah. So then, yeah, I would like to see that because I do think she's right. I mean, I do think she is an edginess and, you know, is probably someone who grew up like riding dirt bikes and, you know, getting dirty and being more of a tomboy. Yeah, she's like she's rough and tumble. Like, that's what I like about her. So that'll yeah, that would be cool to meet her brothers. Yeah. Um. So then we also like I said, they literally just keep coming. So then Deadline reported that Michael McGrady is set to recur in this season of PD. Um, he will play assistant state's attorney James Osha. Osha? Osha? Um, he's a Chicago prosecutor described as a formidable, ambitious, and intelligent. Asha is someone who can easily grab a beer and hang with the cops he rubs elbows with. He's been around the block and has worked a deal or two in the past that he might not be proud of. He's going to play a crucial role in the battle between Voight and Woods that is waged throughout this season. Battle Gina, between thought. Voight and Woods. Interesting. I'm looking him up right now because I recognize his name. Um, I'm just trying to see. I'm trying to jog my memory here. So he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have seen that, but it looks like he was in the most recent series or season, which I'm not caught up on yet. He was on Ray Donovan. I've seen the first season of that. Let me see here. What else has he been in? Uh, yeah, I never watched How to Get Away with Murder. Nope. Um, blah blah blah. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, and, um, nothing that nothing else that I've seen. Oh, he was in Southland. I did watch that for a minute. Okay, I recognize his name, so that's interesting. But I that's interesting to me that they made the distinction. Oh, he was also in an episode of Las Vegas. Las Vegas, by the way, excellent show. That if you can binge it, you need to find excellent. Um, okay. Yeah, super good. And it had Josh Duhamel. Oh my god, it was so good. Um. Yeah, so they're making the distinction, though, that it's uh, he's going to come into play in the battle between Voight and Woods. Yeah. So I guess at some point the attention's going to shift back to Hank. I guess. And I also thought the description of him was interesting. The fact that, you know, they made the distinction that he's someone who can easily grab a beer and hang with the cops he rubs elbow with. Like, clearly he's someone who's going to be a friend, I would assume, of both Voight and Woods. Mm Mm-hmm. Or someone they're at least they're friendly with or know of. And so, um, and obviously he's been around the block and you know he's played, you know, he's done some things that he's not proud of. So I don't know whether to be worried about him or cool about him. But I think it's, I think that's going to be an interesting character. I bet he's going to come into play surrounding Alinsky and the grand jury and whoever's going to face trial. Like that's, he's probably the prosecuting attorney is my guess. Probably. But I just thought that, like you said, the distinction that it was in a crucial role in the battle between Voight and Woods mm-hmm. and not like, yeah, he's going to be a part of Al's trial. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. Just, yeah. I don't know. Um, no. But then the last thing we have to talk about. So we've got episode descriptions. Gina, do you want to take us at least through med? Sure. You can do, I mean, as many as you want. Yeah, I got it. So Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 18, that is airing on May 1st, and that is called This Is Now. And the synopsis on this one says, after a shooting occurs at a block party in a local park, Med is overrun with victims that that stretch the hospital and staff to its limits. In the midst of the chaos, Choi devises a new mass casualty plan. And Dr. Manning struggles to stay focused when she realizes her son and his nanny might have been at the scene. Oh, boy. Natalie's going to lose her shit. Natalie's going to lose her shit. Now, the question is, does Will try to be there for her or does Will just sit back and watch the fireworks? 
Um, well, we've got two episodes. I'm looking at a calendar. I think we've got two med ep- we've got two med episodes between then now and then. So we'll see. And he has to have his conversation with Jay, which I think is supposed to be in this week's med. Yeah, this coming week, which will actually be tonight's episode because you'll be listening to this on Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be tonight's episode. Is supposedly what's, supposedly. Yeah, fingers crossed he didn't get deleted. And fingers crossed that Jade smacked some sense into him. And I've got hot takes on Manstead. I'll save it for when we talk about Med. Yeah. But so I would assume, I mean, my guess is yes, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that'll be interesting. So. Natalie's going to lose it. What I feel like Choi's going to offer the Choi stuff, I feel like that's going to come into play from his military background, which I always really like when they get into that with a character. So. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be really good. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, you want to take us through PD or you want me to? Yeah, I can do PD. So Go for it. we've got PD 521, which is May airing May 2nd, and it's called Allegiance. And so this is Halstead and Atwater go undercover to prevent military-grade weapons from hitting the street. And then, meanwhile, Voight calls in a favor as a latch last-ditch effort to clear Olinsky's name for Bingham's murder. Halstead and Atwater are going undercover. The duo I never knew I needed in my life. Give me all of the Jay and Kevin you will give me. I am so ready. And undercover? Like, hello. Yes. Yes! Ugh. The storyline I did not know I needed in my life. I'm curious, and of course we're going to get into Rosewater more when we talk about PD. I wonder if Kevin is going to be as protective of Jay as he was of Adam in this week's episode, or in, I don't know. As I th- last week's. I don't know. I think it's. I think it'll be depending on how the storyline's set up. Like, was this more of a intelligence got a case and they're sending Halstead and Atwater go undercover? Was this something Halstead set up, which could be the case because it has something military related and so he brings Atwater into it like there I think it just depends on the circumstances surrounding the case mm-hmm. but I mean I think so I think Atwater is just that protective in general I and love I feel it like, and I feel like Jay is going to be more inclined to be more protective because I mean obviously Haley's his partner so it's a little bit different with her but even after everything he went through with his whole undercover thing I think that refocused him and he's got a new focus on how to approach work and how to approach undercover cases especially so Mm -hmm. I think that'll I think he'll be just as protective of Kevin I also wonder like you said about the circumstances that get them into this because typically I could easily see this being one of those things where Jay gets super intense about it and is like insistent like put me under and then Voight's like Kevin go with him keep him in check so I wonder if it's gonna be one of those or um, yeah I don't know right yeah so, and then, I mean, obviously we know Voight and Olinsky and Bingham and that whole thing is going to be a storyline that carries out through the season. And this is, I mean, 521. So this is the, I mean, the next episode after that would be the finale. So. Yes. I just, I, I have feelings about this whole Olinsky situation. I guess I'll save it for when we talk about PD though. Yeah. Save it for PD. Okay. And then the last episode description we have is for Chicago Fire. This is season six, episode 21, airing on May 3rd. And this is called The Unrivaled Standard. And this is two episodes before the finale or one? Two, but it might be the week before because we've read somewhere that they might be doing a two-hour finale. So if that's the case, this would be one week before the finale. 
Um, but they had Fire has twenty three episodes, right. so it depends if they make it a two hour finale or if they don't. Yeah. So. This one says, Severide is shocked when Renee Royce resurfaces at the firehouse. Face bomb. I don't like it. Consult any of our past episodes to know my feelings on Renee. Um, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy. I'm just so curious. Like, I'm not even mad at this point. I mean, I am kind of mad, but, like, I'm just curious. Of all the firefighters. There's so many firefighters in Chicago. Kelly Severide is not the only firefighter in Chicago. Like... If you need help with the case, maybe pick a firefighter who's not the one you tried to fool into having your kid with. Yeah, I I just like I said, I'm just so curious. Yeah, just I I don't know. So also Casey comes up with a plan to help Bowden in his latest pursuit. I wonder if this means the promotion is going to come back again. I don't know. Yeah, I took this to be pursuit, meaning something outside the firehouse, like almost like a a la typical what we see like Otis or Cruz or Herman going through, like something that happens outside the the firehouse, maybe with Mm -hmm. Donna or fuck, what is Donna's brother's name? Julian. I don't know. That was just my guess. Like, I don't know, but maybe it's not. Hmm. Maybe Bowden's going to run for alderman. Just kidding. Maybe. Just kidding. Um, Kid regrets a decision she made regarding Severide. Fuck. That's all I have to say about that. Just, just. Well, you know that. Okay, so if this happens, so it, clearly whatever decision she make happens before this episode. Renee shows up this episode. So if Severide pissed at Kid for any reason, it's going to push him right into Renee. Or it's going to make him feel less guilty about spending time with Renee. Why are they giving us issues with Stella Ride right off the bat? They had the slowest, slowest burn in like the history of burns. And then right off the bat, they're like, here, have some issues. Can they just be happy for like a minute? No, Kelly Severide cannot ever be happy. Ever. I mean, Linstead had a hot minute where, you know, they just were like happy. And the they couch. were happy all of season three for the most part. Yeah, and, yeah. And most of season four, or half of season four. I just, <laughs> yeah, Severide cannot have nice things. I just want to enjoy my Stellaride for like a second. Is that so much to ask? Yes. <laughs> not cool. <laughs> Apparently. Also, Herman doesn't see eye to eye with Lieutenant Colonino over coaching their son's basketball team. Yes. That'll I'm so good. ready for this. I'm so yeah, ready. Be good. Like, remember when Herman was the coach of the hockey, whatever, with Cruz and, um, fuck, what is the chapel? Oh, chap, oh, or Lofts. I don't remember that. He, he, like, coached a kid's team? He coached the hockey thing, and because remember he got, he was out of, he was suspended for, like, two years because of the way he acted in Little League hockey, and then he finally gets to come back, and there's, like, he can't coach by himself, so they bring in, I think it's Cruz and it's Chaplin Orlovsky, um, and they, funny. like, coach the team or whatever, and yeah. And I don't remember if it's Hen, I don't remember which kid it is, but whichever one, he's not that good, and then they have to, like, put him on the bench, and the kid's super happy about it because he hates hockey, but he just did it because Herman's, like, all into it. Um, I really need to do a rewatch. I don't remember which season that is, though. I want to say three, but I could yeah. be wrong about that. Man, I need to go back then. That's funny. I don't know. 
Yeah, so that is all for the news. Um, as always, if you guys see anything, um, send it to us. You guys are great about that, um, making sure we see all the news. Um, so yeah, let's just get started. Um, Gina, should we start with Med? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do, do it. it. Just get it out of the way. I, I yeah I I mean I I don't even I don't even feel bad that you said that I did not like this week's med or last week's med I'm sorry I just didn't I wasn't feeling it yeah I you texted me and you were like I wasn't really feeling it like I I didn't think it was that great and I couldn't watch it live I was at a game and I was like okay it took me because Gina told me that it took me like five days to actually go in and watch it the only storyline I was invested in was Will. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was only invested. I was slightly invested in Maggie just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, like that's even like a, just a little bit. I was done with Maggie when she went to see Barry. I was like, you know that man is toxic. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but So I was slightly into Maggie. Um and then, yeah, really invested in Will. Otherwise, kind of indifferent to the whole everything else. Everything else was predictable. Yeah. So Which really of, pains me to say. Yeah. So speaking of predictable, let's talk about maybe what we both agreed to kind of be the most, maybe the most predictable thing. Mm-hmm. And that's Connor. Yeah. I will say, I did really like that we got to see Connor kind of go back to the Connor that we loved and rooted for for all of men instead of this guy that, you know, may or may not have been Connor for the past, like, three weeks. Yeah. Um, because I really felt this was, um, like, Connor at his core, you know. He's good at medicine. He's good, he's good at what he does. You know, someone else is trying to stop him, and he's like, you know what? Like, I think I can do this. Like, I think I can, you know, do this right. And, you know, he does it, he's doing it in this case, not because of the glory, but because he knows he can do it and he can save two lives. He's got a God complex, though. Like, yes, he does. But I will say I'd rather him take that. I'd rather take that Connor than like the asshole Connor we've gotten for the last like four weeks. No, for sure. I mean, so I like I was much like I'd much rather have this like slightly God complex Connor than like asshole Connor. Yeah, I just. I mean, I don't want to say that I want to see this come back to bite him, but there's got to be a price to pay because he just goes rogue all the time. And it's just like it got to the point that when Dr. Frisch called him a diva, I was like, I mean, she's kind of right. I agree with that. But I think the whole thing is kind of a little frustrating because this I mean, and this is something we saw again with Maggie's storyline is that, you know, it's frustrating because he made the right choice and he saved a life. But all anyone cares about is that, you know, he doesn't follow protocol and went out of line. So, like, where is the line in terms of, like, would you rather us just follow protocol? And if that means, you know, killing someone that like then we kill someone or would you rather me do my job as a doctor and take, you know, uphold the pledge that I took and the oath that I took to, like, save lives? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, sorry, I didn't follow your protocol and check one box off. You know, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think maybe they were a little too focused on the fact that Connor does not play well with others. Right. Yeah, I think, I guess it kind of goes back to the age-old struggle of, like, you know, there's doing what's right for the hospital, or, you know, doing what's right for the patient versus making the hospital look good. Right. Or, like, covering the hospital's ass. 
Right. And I do agree with Connor, though, that this is something that wasn't just an isolated incident. Like, if this was just an isolated incident, kind of like Maggie, then I would totally, and I would probably agree more with myself that, like, Connor shouldn't have been punished and shouldn't have been blamed. But this is something that does happen. Like you said, he has a little bit of a god complex. So, like, at some point he does have to get punished. It's just how many strikes does he get in order before he gets that punishment. Um but did you agree or disagree with Latham's call to end up taking him off the separation surgery? I mean, I kind of feel like I know what you're going to say, but. I agree. I do. Because, you know, it's just. And this kind of goes back to what's been happening the past couple of weeks. You know, Natalie goes rogue. There are no consequences. Consequences. Maggie goes rogue and gets suspended. I mean, you know, when people go rogue, there's got to be consequences. So I completely agree with it. And I, you know, yeah, I, I do agree with it that, you know, Connor is just because sometimes he is just straight up out of line and it shows that he doesn't respect authority. Yeah. No, I I mean, I don't know. Part of me agrees and part of me disagrees. And I like I said, I already I mean, I said why, you know, like I agree because at some point there has to be consequences. It's just a, how many strikes, like how many chances you get before you get those consequences. But then on the other hand, I do, I mean, I think that they focused a little too much on the fact that he doesn't play well with others and that he knows he did the right thing. And he, you know, I think saving a life is a little bit more important than following protocol. But like, I also understand that protocol is in place for a reason. So, yeah, I guess I, I mean, I guess I see both sides of it that in this case, you know, going rogue was good. But I think that the reason that they're wanting to reel him in is that, you know, it doesn't always go that way. That the yeah. next time he goes rogue, it could be really bad. Yeah. But did you also notice how anytime another physician comes in, and in this case it was Dr. Frisch, even he like has a hard time accepting that other people might know more than him in a certain area. Because when other people come in, I mean, I guess it took him it took him a minute to kind of like, you know, get with late, the way Latham ticks. But with Dr. Frisch, he just kind of like she came out with like she would come out with a recommendation or something. And Connor would be like, who's this bitch? I agree with that, but I also think he does that mainly because he tend like they don't think that because he's a fellow, like he gets a say. He should he deserves a say in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And Connor clearly is smarter. I mean, like he's a fellow, yes, but like he's clearly smarter than a fellow. And you know, if he, you know, I wish there could be a different level that he could be at other than a fellow because like he really at this point. Like, can they get him out of this fellowship? Like, he needs to be a doctor. Like, just a full-on straight doctor at this point. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think it's more of that, too. I feel like Connor doesn't... Like, people tend to look down on him just because he ha- is labeled as a fellow when he knows he's more than that. Again, with the God complex. Like, he yeah. know he's more with- than that. And he is. And that's kind of, you know, the bottom line. is like, yes, he has a God complex, but he is just that good. And so no, I, he, he is. But the whole purpose of being a fellow is to learn, is to acquire that knowledge that gets you to Dr. Latham's level, Dr. Frisch's level. He, he, it's kind of a swallow your pride type thing at this point. Yeah, but I also think Connor has good ideas. And at least if they don't use him because, again, they are the attendings and they get to make the final decision, like he deserves to be heard out. Yeah. Especially at this point, like, Latham, I mean, you know, Latham ended up picking him originally for the surgery. Like, he's going to be an assistant on Latham's part, whatever. Like, doesn't he get, doesn't that earn him at least some kind of say then? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I think, you know, giving it to Ava was Latham's, 
I, I, I see Latham's reasoning is because he knows that Ava will keep keep her cool. You know, she doesn't know if Connor is going to just, you know, throw caution to the wind and, you know, let emotions take hold and, you know, yeah. be like a, a little surgical maverick, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It It's a whole complicated thing. But I did, like I said, I did just enjoy the fact that Connor was not an asshole completely this week. Right. That That is always welcome. Yeah. He got back to much more, like, season one, season two Connor that I actually enjoyed. Yeah, with the the prince from Shrek, the hair on the gurney, like whoosh, whoosh. Yeah, yeah, that Connor. <laughs> yeah. So, let's talk about Will. Poor Will. Like, is he ever going to catch a break? Is it poor Will though? Is it okay? Go into your whole. Go into it. Just go. Will this episode was practically like skipping and whistling his way through the hospital. The I did not got- think that. He got dumped last week, and he was, like, the happiest Will I've ever seen. Really? You think so? Because I thought he was, like, heartbroken. I feel like the Will we know would be moping through that hospital and just be, like, you know, he'd be, like, the way he was after his patient, the the child molester guy, wanted to die, and he was just kind of, like, out of it. I was expecting that Will. But he was. This was, like, super happy Disney movie-style Will. Where did you see that? In the episode. But, like, no. I did not the, see that at all. The will that I saw was, and we didn't get to watch Eurotrip when I was in D.C. much to, I, I regret it. I'm so sad. Because there's a scene in Eurotrip when everybody goes out in Amsterdam and, like, three of them have terrible nights and one of them has an excellent night. And so when the one who has the excellent night rejoins the group, he's, like, skipping and this super happy music is playing. That was will to me in this episode. Will seemed so, like, free and unburdened. It was like a Natalie-sized weight had been lifted off his shoulders. There I said it. See, I didn't see that at all. I took it as Natalie, you know, he tries to talk to Natalie, like, every chance he gets or whatever. He, like, wants to, he wants it to use as as an excuse to talk about, obviously, their relationship. But he's like, okay, I'm going to. At least see if she'll consult with me on this case or whatever. And, like, Natalie's ignoring him. And he, like, doesn't even really want to occupy the same spaces with him. And, like, he doesn't like that. Like, he's like, are you ignoring me? Like, what is going on? Like, I don't like this. Whatever. And, like, I don't know if it was him that was kind of put. I mean, he eventually figured it out. But he was kind of, like, off his game a little bit at the first part and trying to figure out his case. But I didn't think he had a good week. I did not see the peppy happy will that you saw. Oh, no, I saw it. I saw it. Even after his patient basically yelled at him for keeping him alive and doing his job. Okay, that was like, that was towards the end of the episode. And the only thing I have to say to that, I'm like, why do all of Will's patients want to die all of a sudden? That was heartbreaking. This was like the third patient in a week of Will's that wanted to die. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. I hadn't seen that pattern. but Yeah, that's true. That's really all I had to say about that with his patient. But that was towards the end of the episode. And even then, he still seemed relatively okay. Because then in the waiting room, or not the waiting room, the, uh, the the doctor's lounge, he was just, like, talking to Nat. And then he was like, are you avoiding me? Like, he wasn't even downtrodden about that. I don't know. I just... See, I took it as he was a little sad when he said that. Well, yeah, but I ha- I have an extremely hot take regarding Manstead. It's pretty hot. I just, ready? I'm gonna drop yeah, it. Go for it. This is the time. Will is better off without her. 
Boom. Boom. Like, I wish I had, like, sound effects and, Bomb emoji. like, siren, sirens and, yeah. I, it's the way they broke up that has me just, like, on a tear. Keep going. I love you, but I need a break from us. That is so selfish. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the only reason she needs a break is because Will called her out on her bullshit. I'm just like, these are like free flowing thoughts right now. This is like, I've been on an airplane all day. Like, this is just like me word vomiting all over the place, like thinking. I, yeah. I feel at this point right now in time, I feel like Will is better off without Natalie. Which is Boom. such a change from like 14 episodes ago. I know. I know. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I definitely agree that Natalie, the way Natalie broke things off last week, was that, yeah, that was last week, was selfish. And I don't know if I'd say that he's better off without her. I'm still waiting to see kind of how, like, where this season ends in regards to Manstead before I, like, make a conclusion, I feel like, on how I feel about Manstead. Um, I just, I poor Will. He's having a tough, rough couple, couple of weeks. He really is. I just, I think I'm not a fan of the way that Natalie is treating him. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's definitely more of, I have an issue with Natalie than, like, anything else. Yeah, no, I do too. I just, I really don't like the way she's treating him. And I don't like the way she broke up with him. The first I love you is handed down in a breakup. Right. But I also think, I think that's part of the reason why I feel so bad for Will this week is that, like I said, even when it's not, I mean, granted, he's trying to use consulting with Natalie on the case as an excuse to just talk to her. But Mm -hmm. literally, Natalie comes to a point and she's like, yeah. And he's like, are you avoiding me? And she's like, well, she doesn't say it. But she's like, well, yeah. Like, I don't really want to occupy the same space as you. Like, you're just trying to figure things out. Yeah. So, like, I feel like even if, like, even though more of my feelings about that are Natalie and, like, Natalie, like, what the fuck? Like, at least try to be just a normal human being around him. But, like, poor Will. Yeah, no, absolutely poor Will. So, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand with the way she's treating him right now. You basically just said, you 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 said I love you, and then you broke his heart in the same sentence, and now you won't even explain yourself? Like, man up and have that conversation with him. And he, he deserves at least that. Right, right. So I think that's a little bit more where I'm like, well, poor Will. Like, first of all, his patient basically yells at him for keeping him alive, and then Natalie ignores him and won't give him the time of day and, like, be a real adult about things. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, right now she's acting like this relationship is all about her. No, it's not. It's a relationship. It's about both people. I mean, there is such a thing as looking out for you, but you've also got to be considerate of the other person. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's why right now I feel like Will's better off without her is because she's not considering his feelings. She doesn't care about his feelings right now. And he doesn't need that. You know, okay, so you know, I mean, Manstead is the couple on med, so, like, you know what's going to happen at some point. Like, it, they're going to come back and be together. What do you think makes Natalie realize that, like, holy shit, I've treated Will wrong? Do you think, and do you think that's a realization she has before the end of the season? Or do you think that's, like, a season four issue? Yeah, so to the latter part of that question, 
I think it's a season four issue. However, I could see them going the Stellaride route and like having her realize it sooner, but not acting on it. But I think that's a season four problem. Yeah, I think that's a season four problem. As far as what makes her realize that she treated him so badly. I mean, do you think it's going to be like a Will gets hurt and she's like, oh, shit, like, I still love him? Or is it like something way less dramatic than that? No, it's going to be something like something she gets mistreated somehow. And that's how she realizes is because, you know, she's so me, me, me that somebody's going to mistreat her somewhere along the way. And she's going to be like, oh, my God, is that what Will felt like? Yeah. And so I think I could see it going that way. Yeah. Um, What do you think? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe it could be something that's like a cliffhanger-ish. Like Natalie has some kind of like the realization part almost in like the end of season three. And then obviously she doesn't get the chance to act on it till season four. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to be something slightly dramatic. Like you said, whether it's something that is affected, Natalie is affected by or, like, something happens to Will and she's like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, See, and I think I think that's the way Burzik's going to get back together. Is something's going to happen to Adam that's going to make Kim realize, holy shit, I love him. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the route for Manstead. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But, side note, I did really enjoy the scene of Will and Rose having a life chat at Molly's. And I kind of need more of that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We've been talking about that, how we need to develop that bromance. Yeah, this is a great first step. No, for sure. But on the only about three that, seasons too late. But great yeah. first step. Absolutely great first step. But yes, um, on the flip side of that, however, I know I just went on a giant anti-Manstead tear. But do you think Will slept with Doctor Frisch? Dear God, I hope not. Come on, <laughs> not Will. Please, not Will. Given the rant I just went on, I now have no room to weigh in <laughs> on that situation. So I guess you do. This is, a, this is our fucking podcast. You can do whatever you want. You know. You know. Is so. it a th- Are your feelings a three-letter word or a two-letter word? In regard to whether I approve of him sleeping with her? No. Did Okay. Did Will sleep with Dr. Frisch? Is it a three-letter word or a two-letter word? I don't think he did. It's a two-letter word. Okay. However, I'm the same person that pretty much swore up and down. I was like, Voight didn't kill Kevin Bingham. Voight would never do that. Voight still knows right from wrong. Oh, I was so wrong. Yeah. Voight had help, though. So slightly different. But yes. I think Voight did the actual murder and then Alinsky and Aaron just moved the body. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, slightly different. But still. Yeah. yeah. But still. Anyway, moving on. Maggie. 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 Okay. So basically, Maggie... Maggie's storyline is she has, like, a hearing, um, you know, about her case, and she's been suspended, um, and she thinks she's going to be saved by the fact that she has a paramedic license, which means she can administer what she, or do what she did last week. She's going to try to say administer CPR, and that is not right. Um, but anyway, she looks and realizes she missed the renewal date by two weeks, so she makes this decision to go to Barry. Because Barry has a friend in whatever fucking department that was. I don't even remember. Paramedic something, something, something. And asked for his help to get, to backdate her license, essentially. So that, like, it looks current or looks like it got renewed on time, even though it didn't. 
She's like, I'm not giving up my career for two weeks. What are your thoughts on this, Gina? And do you think that because, I mean, it ends, I mean, Barry and Maggie end up going to dinner and, you know, Maggie's like, I owe you for like saving, you know, basically saving my ass. Like, do you think we're going to see Barry again? Okay, well, my first thought here is hold the phone back up a second. Maggie's a paramedic. Why do you just tell us this now? Yeah, seriously. All of the shifts we could have had between Maggie and Brett and Maggie and Gabby. Are you kidding me right now? Right. I, anyway, yes. Very frustrated could, that we're just now learning this. Could you imagine a shift with Maggie and Brett? Oh, that'd be so great. It would be amazing is what it would be. It would be so great. So great. So now that you've slipped that into the canon, writers, we're going to need you to kind of work with it, please. That's awesome. Um, I don't like that she went to Barry. I think Barry is a shifty, toxic dude because he lied about his own identity after a bunch of felony charges, one of which I think was like aggravated battery, if I remember correctly. Um, but I do think we'll see him again. I think he's one of those loves for Maggie that is like she knows it's bad for her, but she keeps coming back anyway. Yeah, I don't think this, I think especially because of the way it ended, I think if she had just asked him for help and then, like, we didn't have that scene at the end where, like, they ended up going to dinner, I think that would have been the it, like, end of it. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that they go to dinner, like, I think she realizes that, you know, I think in her mind, you know, people do things and, you know, there are reasons for things and sometimes they're bigger than what anyone can do anything about and you know like kind of like her situation you know like the bigger reason is her career she just had to do this kind of shady thing to you know make sure her career didn't get jeopardized over two weeks and so I think she maybe not that her situation is comparable to Barry's by any means because it's not but I think she there's some she sees somewhat of her situation in Barry's and what Barry went through and so she's like okay well maybe he's not as bad as I think he is. And he clearly, I mean, whether it's toxic or not, he clearly loves her. So, like, and she sees that. And she sees that, you know, he was willing to risk his own career, which, I mean, granted, was already probably risked and is probably non-existent after he got arrested. But, you know, same difference. But, like, he, he risked his own career and his own reputation, reputation in order to help her. His reputation was already tarnished, though. I know. I'm just saying, Gina, go with the point. It makes a point here. I'm just trying to make a bigger point of that, like, Sorry. she realizes that he also, like, risked things, whether it was his career, reputation, or whatever, and to help her. And she knows that he did it out of love. She doesn't owe him a damn thing as far as I'm concerned, though. Wasn't he the one who cheated in the marriage or the relationship or whatever it was? I don't know. I don't... Probably. I just... I don't know. I guess I'm a little salty tonight. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Gina you know. is like, yeah, Gina is hitting the salt. Yeah, sorry, I'm a little salty. I guess. I yeah, I I think we will see Barry again. I don't like it though. I don't think he's a good person. I think anybody who lies about their identity, especially after the charges that he had, just isn't worth the time of day. I think he's a toxic person that Maggie should probably cut out of her life. Boom. Damn, Gina. Yeah, I'm a little salty tonight. I don't know where it comes from. Well, you're tired, so. I am tired. I'm not hangry. I ate, and I'm not drinking. No, well, you're just tired. Yeah, I'm just tired. Where is this mood coming from? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess we have to, the psych storyline. 
I mean, we don't have to touch on it that long. It was a really big miss for me. I thought it was way too predictable, and I really didn't care in the slightest. It's getting really predictable. We know what it's leading up to. We know Dr. Haywood's... Oh, oh, the demon storyline. That's what it was. I thought we... I'm sorry. I brain farted for a second. Thought we were talking about Sarah's father. Oh, God. Okay. The demon storyline, it's just... It, it was... It's not good to have this storyline the same week that Gina goes to a supernatural convention because then a storyline about a patient being possessed by a demon is just completely normal for me. <laughs> so she's all like, I'm possessed. I'm like, all right, why has nobody called the Winchesters yet? That's all it was to me. It was like, okay. I also just think it was so obvious that like, you know that she's not actually possessed and that there's going to be some medical reason that they figure out at the end. Like, it could not have been more obvious. No, of course. But I think they had to, they just kind of rolled with it just to kind of see what they could get out of the patient. That's why they were like, okay, she's possessed. Let's just kind of well, like. Then they threw in the whole thing about it ended up being, you know, her father, the father was like a, sexually abusive. And it was just like, what the? Well, that's, I and that, I mean, that kind of. That does happen. People do repress memories. And, no, I under, no, yeah. I understand that. But it, like, it also, it just, it was too much. I just felt like in this, in terms of the storyline and the way it played out, I was like, that was, that was too much. I understand not, that it happens though, and yeah. I'm glad they told that story. I just feel like it could have been done a little differently and not put in with the like kind of the silliness of a demonic, like being claimed that she's possessed by a demon. Yeah. Like, I feel like there was a different way to handle the fact that, like, people repressed memories and that it ended up being something as horrible and horrific as that. Yeah, I, I think it's just a way to show that, you know, there are multiple ways that memories get repressed and then come back to the surface. I mean, it kind of goes back to there was the episode either last season or season one about the girl who had the tulpa. Um, who had like the other personality and it was kind of her way of dealing with anxiety. And so she's like season having a, two. Yeah. And so it just kind of shows that the brain does some pretty crazy shit when it's under stress. Right. And I mean, like I said, I recognize that it's just, yeah, I feel like I would have taken it a little more seriously and like the storyline a little bit better if they didn't spend so much time talking about, like you said, demons. It just got overshadowed. If you ask me, it got overshadowed. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, that's a, I think that's a great way to put it. Because, like I said, that reveal, that is a pretty big, serious reveal. Like, I was like, wait, that was it? Like, you know. But it also was kind of just a case of the week. I feel like it, well, it did kind of, they did try to kind of loop it into the overarc, the, the big arc right now with Sarah and her father, right? They did try to connect it, no? Yeah, kind of. Like, cause Sarah snaps at the father. but That's right. Yes, she does. Okay, so Sarah snaps at the father, and I'm trying to remember. Okay. So I remember being proud of her. I was like, you go, Minnie Manning. You go. Um, but that's not something to be proud of. No, but that's okay. So I mean, that's yes, it in. is in Sarah. It is because, you know, that is not Sarah. And Sarah needs a little bit more of Natalie, like a 1% more of Natalie in her, mm-hmm. like not a whole lot of Natalie. But like you say, like, she's like, you go, little Manning. It's like, that is not. Nope. We don't want another Natalie Manning. No, we don't. But it showed that Sarah clearly is not communicating the way she feels about the situation right. with her father. And I think they're showing that way that if she doesn't 
deal with it head on and she doesn't confront the way she's feeling or she doesn't at least try to talk about it that it'll manifest itself in another way and so if this does end up because we know that i think this week's episode connor's gonna you know have to fix the heart and everything that's gonna go to sarah's father you know if however this ends up if if dr haywood does end up passing you know she's gonna have to tackle her grief head on otherwise it's gonna manifest itself in some weird ways yep so and then I guess let's talk about really briefly about April and Ethan and now how April is kind of put in the middle of Emily and Ethan. See, this is the one I didn't really care for. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I don't really have any thoughts. I mean, I think it's kind of my thoughts are about what's going to happen is that Ethan's going to get pissed at April for not being honest about what happened. And it's going to cause tension in the sex toy relationship and probably won't be fixed by the end of the season. And that's how their storyline is going to end for this season. I think that's pretty accurate. I will agree with that. Yeah. I will agree with that. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that is all for um, episode 15 or 315 of Chicago Med. So let's talk about Petey. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. okay so. so just real quick. I didn't really care for this. I mean, I cared about I like the fact that it was it's clearly leading up to the end. And like, I like that they've been talking about what's going to happen in the finale essentially for like weeks now because it kind of started with Ruzik and that whole thing. And then it turned into Al. And like, I like that they've been talking about it for like at least 10 episodes now. Like, I really like that part of it. Mm-hmm. I did not care for the case of the week, though. Like, I really like it happened. I I mean, it was one of those it was it was one of those episodes of PD where things move at the speed of light. You get so much information from every piece of dialogue that it's just like you've really got to be paying attention closely. See, I didn't feel that. I felt like it was slow as fuck. Really? I it took me I I did not like live tweeting it this week. I was like, what the hell? Like why am I watching this live? Like I'd rather be watching this without commercials. Like it um, felt like Brenna. the slowest hour of my life. Fun fact, I'm not the only salty one tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little salty about PD. Like, I I could not even bring myself to, like, rewatch it this week. Like, I I just didn't care. See, I really liked it. I really liked it. Nope. I, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I didn't care. I mean, okay, so in terms of, like, things I did enjoy, um, well, not necessarily enjoyed, but the ball, the boy getting shot at the very beginning had me, like, falling like I was not prepared for that that was really emotional and really I was about to be like one of the things you really enjoyed was that no not enjoyed (laughs) but I actually like felt moved by it was one of those moments where you're just like oh shit the show's not playing tonight right and then I also really enjoyed the Rusewater bromance like partnership like it's really one of the best things about PD this season like it's just so fucking good good yeah. It's just, and, I loved yeah. when Ruzik's guy put the gun to his head and Atwater was like, if I'm 10 feet closer, I'm dropping your ass. Like, don't fuck with his BFF. Right. And I mean, Patty slayed this episode. Like, he was so good. I didn't realize this was going to be a Patty-centric episode, but it was so good. I um, feel like Patty is like, I know he's not technically Broadway, but he's kind of similar to a Broadway actor in that I feel like Ruzik for him is just effortless. Yeah. Just so good. 
it was good. I liked the history between Ruzik and Denza. Like, I, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I just didn't really care for that character. Like, I was just like, what the, who is this guy? Um, yeah, Homeless Halstead, though, is just as hot as regular, uh, as normal, everyday Jay Halstead. So that was fun. Am I a terrible person for laughing out loud when Homeless Halstead came on the scene? No, but it was funny. It's funny Al's because Al's usually the homeless guy. Right, yeah. Um, but he's still just as hot. And that was literally like everyone's tweet. They were like, Homeless Halstead is still just as hot as regular Halstead. It's just like, preach. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there was a tweet, though, that I really want to point out because it's really funny and we talk about Brixton a little bit all the time in our text is that Vicky tweeted, she was like, Dirty Cop is in narcotics. Isn't Rixton in narcotics? Hashtag bring back Rixton 2018. Please, please bring back Rixton. And I mean, I say that because Nick Wexler is obviously my ATX best friend. Yeah. But bring back Rixton for the love of God. Didn't they like refer to him briefly? Weren't they like, didn't they mention him in passing? In this episode? I feel like they did. I don't I imagine think so. That. They mentioned a Dirty Cop in narcotics and then. I don't, I don't think they mentioned Rixton. I'm going to just put out into the universe that after this season of Shades of Blue, it won't be on anymore because NBC is canceling Shades of Blue. So Nick Wexler will be free as a bird. Just putting yeah. that out there. Yeah. If we see him at ATX this summer, we have to bring it up to him. Oh, my God. We totally do. And we got to tell him about the podcast, too. Yeah, Gina, bring your business cards. Oh, my God. I, like... I turn into a bubbling idiot around him, though. I'm not even going to lie. And it's not even from a fangirl perspective. I just, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm such like. It's so great. Last year was so great. I don't think I made a fool out of myself last year. That's because I. No, you were just nervous to go up to him. I really was. You like didn't even want to. And then you had to ask Tamara to go with you. Our friend from the shipping room. Hi, Tamara. We love you. Uh I don't even know. If you've never <laughs> seen Revenge, like, you need to go find it and watch Revenge. That is why I love Nick Wexler so much is because of his character on Revenge. But he's also a super, super nice guy. Um, bring back Rixton 2018. Yeah, but this was just, this would have been the chance to, like, bring him back. And they missed that opportunity. Please bring him back. I, I thought he was so good. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Um, so I guess let's just, I mean... And let, do you have other general thoughts? Besides Voight and Al and that whole stuff, do you have other thoughts about the episode? Like, um, things you liked? Or do you really just want to kind of, like, should we talk about Voight now? No, I, I mean, I liked it. I think I think the premise was a little complicated, that they were pulling rips on stash houses. Sometimes they get so into the crime lingo that it kind of loses you. I will say that was confusing. And I think it took me... It definitely took me a second to, like, realize what was happening. And, like, I probably should have gone back and rewatched it. But, like, I just really didn't want to. Not gonna lie. Huh. No, I mean, I, I liked the Rosewater stuff. I'm a little surprised that – I guess I'm surprised but not surprised that Kevin – Kevin wasn't keeping Adam in check as much as I thought he would – I think Kevin was just kind of seeing how far Adam was going to go. And then when Adam did screw up, he was like, it's okay. You know, it happened. Let's just move on. Instead of being like, Adam, this is a bad move, you know? Right. Well, and I think I think a lot of that, though, I think you could attribute that to the boy getting shot. Like, once the boy got shot and it wasn't just about Patty or not Patty, music being, you know, played by a CI, like, then it becomes real for everyone. Because like you said, like, that is like, 
felt holy shit like PD went there this week. Like they had this they had this line about, you know, like bullets don't like care who you are or whatever. Like they had a lot. I don't remember even who said it, but it's like Oh, bullets. Denza said it. It was something about like bullets don't have names. You tweeted it during the right, episode. Right, I did and it got a lot of response. But yeah, and it's like so I think that for you could even say that's like Atwater's motivation to like, you know, he can't get upset with Ruzik about the things he does and the way he goes about it because they just, at the end of the day, they just want justice for the guy who shot the kid. Right. And there, there, I mean, we can't forget that Ruzik has history with this Denza guy. Pretty much Denza's career fell apart because Adam wouldn't testify, but Adam wouldn't testify because Adam didn't see what happened. Right. So, you know, it, it's kind of... I and guess, I feel like they could have made going off of the history real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. But no, I feel like you're... that could have been made a little more clear. Like, it wasn't yeah. until I, like, went back and, like, read a recap that I was like, oh, right. That's... Like, I feel like that could have been be made could have been made way more clear. Yeah. So I, maybe that's why Kevin wasn't being as proactive to keep Adam in check. I guess he kind of understood, like, listen, this is emotional for you. I get that. Maybe Adam feels a little guilty. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'm always up to learn any, I'm, I'm up to learn like all of the history. Just, yeah, all of the backstory. Get I just it think the history me. could have been made more clear, but. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more clear, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I liked it. And I like that we saw a lot of ruse water. Just give me all of the ruse water. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of things, so this kind of takes us into way now. Speaking of yeah. things that I think could have been made a little bit more clear, the Voight and Al stuff. Like, what exactly was happening with Al this week? Like, his game with internal affairs. Like, I understand, like, at the end of the day, like, I understand what happened. But it definitely took me, like, reading a recap and, you know, like, actually sitting there and thinking about the episode to be like, what the fuck happened? Like, so, what was that? But, like, I mean, I Al understand what happened now, but, like... Yeah. It could have been made more clear on, like, a first... If you want people to understand it on a first watch and they're not like us and won't go back and rewatch it, it could have been made more clear. Yeah, I think it was because... I feel like Al was getting really frustrated because he was like, I want to do something about this. And Tank was like, no, I've got this. Which, like, shit. Al was like... Voight must have some dirt on Al. Because, like, what Voight says goes. And so Al's... Or Hank's like, sit back, I got this. And Al just sits back. It's his life on the line here. Like, if I were Al, I'd want to be more proactive about it. But I think this is Al's way of trying to do something. So I guess he's trying to see if what they've got on him is real or if Woods is just bluffing. I'm just surprised that I think this was Al's way of trying to do something. And so he basically put in the application for his pension to see if Woods was bluffing or if what they had is like actually real. And so they red flagged it, which I guess just is something to be like, hang on, like, we've got to do some research here. And so I think that's how they know that what Woods has on him is real. Right. And I think the thing, though, that could have been made a little bit more clear was, was he testing internal affairs or is he testing void? And I think... Al's testing internal, internal affairs. Right. But I think that's where it could have been made more clear. Yeah. And that's why it's like a little confusing. But maybe he was testing Voight. I mean, this is where I got pretty confused with this. And I, I, I texted you this as soon as I watched the episode was like, because I mean, if you like, if we get to the gist of it, Voight identifies the guy who identified Al, whatever. But 
where like didn't this happen a couple weeks ago that Hank was like if they get if they're coming on to you then I, I'm gonna turn myself in did I hallucinate that like didn't that happen wait say that again that Voight told Al he was gonna turn himself in instead of Al having to take the fall didn't that happen no I don't think so again I, I haven't watched this episode I think that happened like two weeks ago I don't think that happened tonight no, no, not, not in this episode, but it did happen. Oh, yay, yes. So where is the part where Hank does that? Why is he letting Al go down this rabbit hole? I think that's his reaction at first. Like, I think that's the Voight's first reaction is like, I'll go down for you. And then other shit happens and they find out. I feel like that's the first thing before they find that, like, Al had fingerprints on the body and like whatever that whole stuff. And then there was a witness. I think that's Voight's first reaction. And then Voight's like, well, shit, like there's nothing I can actually do. Like nothing me saying like it was actually me, my bad is like going to get him out of this. Well, but they're also two separate crimes, murdering Bingham and then moving his body. They're two completely separate crimes. So why are they focused on Al being the accessory to murder instead of the whole question of who murdered Bingham to begin with? You know, that's a great point. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, yes, he's he's an accomplice to murder. There's probably a conspiracy charge in there. But, you know, why aren't they focusing on who who did the killing to begin with? I mean, Bingham didn't just move, like, wind up that way, you know? I yeah. Just, I, yeah. I, I think that's where I'm getting a little confused. I'm like, they're they're not looking at the murder. They're just looking at who burned, the, like, who moved the body. I almost said who burned the body. Again, supernatural convention. Sorry. Um... But yeah, I think I think that's my confusion. Where is the part where Voight goes down for this? Yeah, that's a great point. And so we got an email from Aaron, and Aaron said, in terms on the whole situation, she's like, I like that he, meaning Voight, is having Al's back with the whole situation he's in. I thought he had changed his way until the last scene of Ruben getting arrested. I know that Al was in the car and watched him get arrested, so maybe they were in it together. That's how they made it seem. Um, I'm not sure how this whole situation is going to end up. What do you guys think? I think Al's going to stand trial. Yeah. But I think it's going to work out for him in the end. But the yeah. reason I say I think Al's going to stand trial too is because. So according to Kate, and I went and confirmed this on the Twitter, so it's got to be true. Melissa Carlson, who plays Meredith, is coming back for the finale. Oh, yeah. So if, she, if Meredith Alinsky is coming back, then Al's going to be on trial. Yeah, I. but uh, are they going to try him for the murder? I don't know. Because they're both guilty here. So I guess maybe that maybe I answered my own question. That's why Voight hasn't stepped up yet, because they're both they're both guilty of a crime. Right. But also Voight is like, not. I'm sorry, he, Alice, his family, Alice, basically his brother. But like, Voight ain't going down for this shit. Voight set up his own son. Yeah. I mean, like, Voight, like, you know, was trying to, I mean, well, not, he didn't set up his own son, but, like, when Justin did something wrong and killed a guy, or injured a family, Voight was willing to cover it up, not be truthful about it. Oh, man, you just referenced way back to season one of Fire. Yeah. Damn. I did. But, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, Voight was, Voight is willing to cover up, Voight is not willing to admit. Yes. Yes. And so he is not going to admit to himself. He's willing to help try help Al try to cover it up. 
But he doesn't, he's not going to admit that he was guilty too. I feel like however this resolves itself has the potential to change the way we see Voight and Al permanently. Well, and I think it has the potential to change intelligence as we know it. Yes. Like, this isn't, this can't end good for intel. Like, not even just, like, Voight and Al aside. Like, it can't end that well for either one of them. But, like, how, I just don't see a situation where they end up getting off and, like, everything can go back to normal. Right. Like, even if they are able to take Denny down, like, something still has to happen to Voight. Right. And, I mean, it's all, I can't, we can't forget that the unit doesn't even know about the whole Bingham situation. I mean. Antonio's going to be pissed. Oh, my God. Antonio is going to lose his shit. Haley and Antonio are going to lose, and Jay. Like, I feel like out of the six of them that remain, the three of them are going to be, like, fucking shit antonio is gonna like go through the roof antonio's gonna go through the roof because you know he just is and he's like next in command jay's gonna lose his shit once he finds out that aaron was also involved Ooh, oh my god he's not gonna be surprised though he's not gonna be surprised but he's still gonna lose his shit he's gonna be pissed he's gonna be pissed that Voight even asked aaron to do it in the first place he's not gonna be surprised that he asked her to do it but he's gonna be pissed he is going to be pissed, but I feel like that's a relationship that Jay never had a say in was Voight and, Voight and Aaron. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to be surprised, but, like, he's still going to be pissed about it. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, hope we they think go about there, the- too. I think that's the thing with PD is I, I don't know if they're going to bring the Linstead back up. Like, I don't know if they'll go there with that. Although, I think I mean, we'll get it in the form of, like, a facial expression. Like, it's something is said in trial. They cut to Jay. He's got an emo face, and that's that. They better. If we get deprived of that moment, I'm going to be pissed. It's like when Burgess was on the witness stand, and they brought up Roman, and they just cut to Ruzik, and he had the saddest puppy dog face. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, just sad. But if we think about the ways that, like this could possibly shake out, you know, Olinsky stands trial. He's convicted. Okay. He goes down for, you know, murder. I'm assuming they're going to try him for murder, not just the conspiracy charges. But, like, okay. Or Alinsky stands trial. They find a loophole or something. Voight pulls some shady shit, and he is acquitted. Okay, that means Voight and Alinsky just got away with murder. Right, that's what I'm saying is it can't be – everything about it changes intelligence for the rest of the series. Because it's either, like you said, Al goes down for murder and – leaves the show or likely leaves the show i mean can't really have someone in intelligence that's on trial for murder or it's the fourth spinoff is like chicago department of corrections (laughs) (laughs) sorry elias cotius oh my god (laughs) right and but yeah but even then then it's like you have this even more so than, like, season one, like, this divide between, like, Alan Voight and everybody else. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to be good. No. It's not going to be good. And I think I'll yeah. be even more pissed, though, if it, if they, if Al and or Voight, whoever, gets acquitted, and then they don't ever touch it again. Or, like, they don't, like, everything's peachy keen and... They don't really talk about this shift in dynamics. Right. So. 
Uh, just yeah, it's going to be a very lit ending to the end of season five. We've only got three more episodes, which is kind of insane. Yeah, no, don't say that. That makes me sad. Yeah, I read that. Um, I read on Twitter. I think tomorrow or tomorrow being today, Tuesday, the day you're listening to this is the last day of shooting season five. What? I know. That's crazy. Which means their rap party photos are going to be coming out soon. And I'm going to get all sad because the minute they all disperse and like start traveling around to like L.A. and the world and stuff, I get sad. I'm like, uh. but they're going to some of them are going to be back together for the Paris con. The Paris con. Yeah. And there's always that TV festival in Monte Carlo that some of them go to. Yeah. But July will be here before we know it, Gina. I know it will. And then we'll have all the behind-the-scenes pictures. And somebody's going to go to Upfront. Somebody's going to go to Upfront. Yeah. Upfront. I want to go to Upfront. I volunteer's tribute. <laughs> yeah. So that's everything, I guess, about PD this week. Okay. Let's talk about my favorite episode of the week, which was Fire. I really like this week's episode of Fire. It was good. It was really – you need to watch it with sound. I know. That's yeah, the I biggest know. problem is, like, you didn't watch it with sound, and I feel like it's going to be better when you watch it with sound. Here's my gripe about this week's this week of fire, though. I feel like I did watch it, though, even though I watched it with subtitles. Um, Was it not an like, – was this an episode of PD? It felt like an episode of PD. Yes. I tweeted that. I said the same thing. But Vicky pointed out, and I brought this up some point, this was originally supposed to be the crossover. Like, this oh, was yeah. supposed to be PD. Where did I put mm-hmm. that? I put that somewhere in here. Um, I mean, this was supposed to be the crossover, and then for whatever reason, it wasn't, and they made it the FBI. Oh, I did put it in here. Um, I mean, I would have much preferred – I would have preferred this a lot more if this was intelligence. Like, imagine – okay, you know the FBI asshole that, like, kicked everyone out, um, like, all the civilians that come up the thing whose partner died? Yeah. Okay, imagine that guy being Halstead and, like, giving everyone dirty looks and whatever. Like, that would have been so much fun. It would have been fun. But I don't think they would have given Halstead dirty looks. They would have understood. No, they would have Halstead been like, right. giving everyone else dirty looks. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. No, not everyone else giving Halstead dirty looks. Halstead giving fire dirty looks. No, absolutely, absolutely. Right, like, that would have been so much fun. Yeah. So I, like, I agree it would have been much better if this had been the crossover. And I almost think I kind of would have liked this crossover better than the first crossover like i enjoyed the crossover that we got but i think this would have been a better crossover i don't know yeah also um can you imagine if halstead was that cop casey's head would explode he'd be like listen we've got cordova now and now like halstead's here too is mills just gonna come walking through the door and i'm just gonna be surrounded by your ex-boyfriends like yeah yeah uh but so yeah i really but i really like this episode i thought it was fun Although I didn't like the FBI people, but I liked the idea of them taking over and whatever. Again, I would have much preferred this if this had been intelligence, but still. Um, So I have a bunch – like, I made a bunch of notes on this because I had a bunch of things I want to talk about. Because, again, I really like this episode. Um, This actually might be, like, one of my favorite episodes from this season. Like, I really liked it. Um, So what are your thoughts? I mean, this isn't, like, a big point, but, like – Thoughts on Gabby buying buying Matt back with the nice gift? Doesn't bother me. It? No, I think she just is sorry and doesn't know how to express it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like it comes off a little too much, but I like it. Like, it doesn't bother me completely, but I did think it was like a little, like, come on now. Like, Gabby, you're better than this. 
Um, my my one thought you have later in the outline, so I'll wait. But okay, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's about Gabby and Cordova. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a whole separate. That's thing. a whole separate. No, it doesn't bother me. I think she just doesn't know how to express that she's sorry. Um, okay. Speaking of Cordova, though, whatever this like, I love triangle quadrant. Okay, so they kind of hint like they make it seem that like Brett kind of wants to hook up with Cordova or like. That there's, like, at least a sexual attraction there. And Jessica S. tweeted, she was like, I would kind of be here for Brett and Cordova. I don't know no. how I feel about that. But then, so we go to this, like, other part of Brett with, like, Brett and Cruz. Like, the looks Brett was giving Cruz. I don't know how I feel about those. Not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it either just because I want to know what the fuck they're doing. Because... One minute, you've got Brett wanting to be with Antonio for good, and then she's running back to Cruz. What are we doing here? Like, I don't what know. What is the purpose of but this? But speaking of Antonio, have you seen the promo for next, this week? Next, like, have you yes. seen the promo? Okay. Was that Antonio's voice? Well, we saw him in the promo. I mean, well, yeah, but, like, that is Antonio, right? Uh, yeah. I, he's, like, he's, like, he's at Dossie's, like, kitchen table going over something with Casey. Okay. Does this mean, like... He's going to be around and we finally get some sort of resolution, maybe, to the two-hour movie. Like, do you think there's going to be a Bretonio scene? I mean, I would hope. I would like there to be. Dear God, I need there to be. Like, um, yeah. That's, I think that's more my annoyance with it. Like, I wouldn't, and we've talked about this before, so I won't say too much about it. But, like, I wouldn't mind the whole Brett and Cruz thing. And I actually think it's kind of cute if they had been playing that up since they broke up. Or, like, at least for longer than they had like the first time they brought it up this season yeah um because i actually think it's kind of cute and i did really like them together um i prefer her with antonio but then again also with the breton cordova i don't really see it but i could be here for that if they just cleared up the mess of how she felt about antonio if she doesn't want to be with him i'm okay with that but like just say that i think with cordova it's just like every other female in this fandom just recognizing that he is easy on the eyes right and i and i like i said i don't think even if they did do something i don't think it would ever be there as more of a relationship i think it would be like a hookup brett's like oh shit didn't mean to do that and then like move on yeah i just but he is easy on the eyes so i do agree with her that he i i would i would be there for that so yeah no i mean he definitely is, but I, the, the cruise thing just frustrates me. Cause like, you know, she, you don't go from a pregnancy scare and I want to be with this guy to dropping him like a hotcake just because he has a blind date. Right. Exactly. And again, so. we've talked about this before. We recognize that it is an issue of production and that they can't have Antonio be in all of the episodes of fire all the time. Like I understand that, but still. But still, and it's not even, you can't even say that, like, they have to focus on the fires. There were no fires in this episode. Yeah. This literally could have been the perfect Antonio episode to bring this shit up. Right. If they had only made this the crossover. I know. Um, so, something I just thought was funny was there's the whole Otis and Casey conversation in the beginning. And they're talking about Otis's rehab. And Otis is like, well, I didn't think you would go that slow. And Casey's like, Otis. You got shot in the neck. Thank you, Casey. We've only been saying this for weeks. Yeah. Like, it's going to take time to heal. Just let it happen. 
Yeah, and I I mean, I feel bad for him. You know, he's just like, oh, my God, this is taking forever. Well, yeah, I mean, the, you had a bullet resting on your spinal cord, dude. I mean, there's I'm just, heavy shit. I'm just glad somebody actually said that to Otis. Yeah, like, like we've literally been saying it. that for weeks. Yeah, and it, it shows that they're not all, like, happy-go-lucky positive like they were right after he got shot. Yeah. Um. So... Cruz being a mentor to neighborhood kids, I'm here for that. Give me more of it all the time. Yes. Like, all the time. All of it. All of it. It was good. Um, but, yeah, so then kind of, like, let's talk about this FBI takeover. So, like we said, I mean, it's originally, that was originally intended to be intelligence, and this was the original idea for the crossover. Um, but, yeah, so FBI takes over. And it's just, like, everything that happened, like, I really enjoyed the FBI takeover, but I was, like, if this had been, like, Atwater talking about this, or, like, Halstead talking about this, like, this would be just so much better. Yeah, I just, I don't know. They were, I think I found it interesting how Casey and Severide and Bowden were so willing to collaborate. Like, that was surprising, especially given how cold everybody was when they were, like, the FBI's taking over a firehouse. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. First of all, whoa, 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 FBI, you cannot, you can take over Firehouse 51, fine, but, like, you can't kick Squad 3 out of their spot. Right. Like, that table is theirs, and it is theirs only. Back the fuck off. Yes. Um, Also, the feds were kind of heartless. Like, when they wouldn't let Tay come in and, like, left him outside, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, like, he's a kid. Like, clearly, he, Joe can vouch for him. Like, he doesn't. You know, he's not a part of whatever the plan. I don't even still really understand who the villain was, but whatever. The bad guy. Um, like, he's not a, like, the bad guy did not send him here. Like, just let him in the fucking firehouse. Yeah, and I mean, plus, isn't locking down the firehouse the way they did, isn't that conspicuous? Isn't that going to draw more attention of, like, why is the firehouse shut down? Right. Yeah, also that standoff, if we want to call it a standoff scene, after Tay throws the brick through the window. Like, what the fuck was that? I know, they're very, this this FBI group is very high-strung. Not a fan of the FBI group. Like I said, no. the concept is great. This would be better, though, if intelligence was here. Yep. Um. Also, but we saw Otis drive. Yes. So that was a nice welcome surprise. Also, I loved when, at the very end, when they're like, getting out of like the guys have like have gunpoint to Casey and Sev and they're like in perfect sync when they like do whatever they like hit him in the stomach or whatever and they end up getting out of the guy's grass it's like literally perfect sync it's great those two just yes but again with the FBI the machine gun seemed to be a little too much yeah I think everything about this FBI group was a little extra it was just they were super intense and the machine guns I get I get it I get it especially given how dangerous that guy was like totally get it but yeah Sebasi's always in perfect sync yeah precious babies okay but we have to talk about so there was callbacks in this episode to previous episodes which I really enjoyed yeah so we had a callback to 601 um Hector and Isabella from the first episode Isabella had the hot dog um stuck in her throat and they Hector brought her to the firehouse because they live right across the street Um, she was bleeding from the eyes right and so they that was the first episode of this season 601 Um, and Hector and Isabella are kind of their cover is the way to get them into the apartment building so that was super great Um, and then they call back to 122 or I don't know how many episodes 20 
or episode season one of Fire had, but it's the finale of season one. So if it's not 22, then it's 23. Um, but the episode, that's the episode where they get stuck in the prison and they have to get one of the security guards out by dressing him like a firefighter. And that's like one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. So I love that that was called back and like referenced again. Yeah, that was a pretty excellent callback. Just casual throwback to season one. I did enjoy that. Also, um, Herman's line from that episode is in our intro. When he's like talking about it, like sunshine and rainbows and everything. Yeah. That's the line that it's from that episode. Yeah. And so, I mean, and also Derek pointed out on Twitter that I don't remember the name of the writer who wrote that episode, but also is the one who wrote this episode and like snuck that reference in. So I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Derek, so let's talk about this Kelly yelling at Benny Severide scene. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Let's because talk about this. Derek called that Taylor's best scene of the series. And so I just wrote down some of the dialogue from that scene. I mean, you know, it starts like Kelly's yelling at Benny and he's like, you know, how long do you think you can keep up the Herring Husband Act for? Um, at some point, like, you know, Benny's going to come back and we all know how that's going to go. And then Benny's like, well, it's about respect. Like, you don't have it. It's why, you'll, it's why you never will move up in this world. Um, and then Severa is like, the only reason you're with mom is because you're old, you're scared, you're weak. We both know she deserves better. I just preach it, Kelly. Kelly fucking Severide, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I just, I mean, he's, he's protective of his mom. And so when Benny cheated on her, it broke her and it, it broke her so badly that Kelly went to live with April. And so, you know, I see where he's like he's lashing out and he's just trying to protect his mom i get it i totally see it and i think benny deserved it and i'm all for it yeah and i do i agree with derek that taylor was so good in the scene yes taylor was so so good he was just spitting truth i mean you know yeah and i really i think it it must have been derek but whatever interview that was that we talked about i guess it was a couple weeks ago now where someone mentioned that you know if the first half of the season was about like casey and dawson or whatever then the second half is really about severide and like every time i see a scene like this i'm like yeah like this is severide's like half of the season like and and taylor's killing it yes um but i guess let's skip around and we'll talk about cordova and gabby last but so Mama and – the big thing about Mama, Severide, and Benny in this episode is that they're no longer a thing because Benny does end up doing what Kelly says and, you know, ends up breaking up with her. Um, and Mama Seb's like, the funny – you know, funny thing is, she's like, I really think we could have had fun. And I'm like, well, fun is not a word I would associate with Benny Severide, but okay, sure, you know, we'll go with that. Yeah, are we talking fun like we could repair a relationship or fun like the fun we're all thinking of? I – I think she's meaning the latter, but you never know. I think Mama Sev is not that innocent. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just, I was like, fun is not a word I would associate with Benny Severide, but okay. No. Um, but then, you know, she says, you know, truth is, like, he, he, meaning Benny, cares more about what you think than he lets on. And I 100% agree with that. I think Benny really cares about what Kelly thinks about him. Then why be so distant? Why... I don't know. If he cares so much about you, I, mm, hmm. If he cares so much, then why is he so awful to Kelly? Why is he so standoffish? Why is he so distant? Why do we I think that's, I think that's just in his DNA. And I think, I think he knows he's bad for Severide. 
But it doesn't mean he doesn't care about what Severide thinks. Yeah. Um, and maybe he just doesn't want, you know, maybe he doesn't want, I mean, you know, he's retired. Like, he doesn't have to be in Chicago anymore. Like, I think he's kind of over the system. I think just because he's over the system of CFD and, you know, doesn't want to be in Chicago or whatever, doesn't mean that he doesn't care about what Severide thinks. And that's not saying that he, I mean, I think deep down somewhere, Benny loves Benny loves Kelly. But, like, you know, just because he realizes that he's toxic and whatever doesn't mean that he doesn't care what Severide thinks. That's true. I mean, maybe part of loving Kelly is, you know, recognizing that Kelly doesn't like him and keeping his distance. Right, and I think maybe even more than, like, saying Benny loves Severide in some, you know, like, deep down, I think Benny definitely respects Severide as a firefighter. And I think he cares from that aspect, especially what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. And that's why he's pissed at him that he won't do it, you know, won't let Grissom help him. Right, but I mean, presumably, and I mean, of course, we don't really know too much about what happened, but, like, I've got to imagine that, you know, when Kelly, Kelly's in high school, right, when Benny cheats on Jennifer, but, like, if Benny broke, if Benny broke Kelly's mom, then it had to break him, too. Yeah. I I don't know. But I do, I do think that somewhere, I do think Benny cares that what Severide thinks. Yeah. Um... But what I did not agree about what came out of Mama Severide's mouth is she's, you know, so Severide leaves and goes, I don't know, the bathroom or something. I don't know where the fuck he went. Um, but she's, like, having a conversation with Stella and she's like, you know, that boy, like, between me and Benny, like, we really did a number on him. You know, don't give up when things get a little bit rough. And then, she's like, later in her monologue or whatever, she's like, he's his father's son. Um, fuck that. Severide is so much more of a man than Benny ever was and ever will be. Mike Jones. Yeah, like, did, does she even know her son? She, like, right, like, I mean, she's his, like, he's his father's son in the way that he became processes. a firefighter. Yeah, I followed him career wise and the way he kind of hides his emotions. And yeah, I mean, I, I see that there are some similarities, but he's not his father's son, like, no. to the core. Hell no, no. It, I guess I think it just shows that, you know, Mama Sev might not know her son as well as she thinks she does. Right. Do you think this is the end of Mama Severide? Like, in terms of, like, appearances? I I hope not. Because if so, what was the point? The point is to throw a wrench into Kelly and Stella, which I think is why we're not done with her. I really hope we're not. I don't think we are either, but, like, if this turns out to be the end of Mama Severide's, like, guest appearances, it literally had no point. Yeah, I'm with you there. But I, yeah, because I mean, it didn't have, it hasn't had much of an impact on Stella and Severide yet, other than to show that, you know, S- Stella's Mama Sev approved. Right. Well, now she is. Yeah, now she is. But yeah, I, mm, mm, I hope it's not. I, I do like, I, I do like having Mama Sev around. I mean, she makes Kelly really happy. But, you know, Ke- she was kind of upset with Kelly this week for saying what he did. But, I mean... She has no right to, though. She hasn't been around. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of... Maybe he doesn't realize... Because, you know, he did said he did say last week, I've never seen you stronger. And so maybe he just doesn't realize quite how strong she's become. Like, that she is strong enough to deal with Benny, or Benny is just playing her. It's one of the two. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. So I guess the last thing we have to talk about in terms of fire this week is so Cordova, Cordova and Gabby had a little chat and basically she says some line about how, you know, the fact that like what they had in the day, you know, like it was fun, but like it was, it wasn't like really real or anything. And Cordova was like, well, like I didn't think so. Like I thought what we had, you know, was like a thing and, you know, called that. See, okay, what's the point of this is my question. Because Gabby's married now. Like, accept defeat and move on. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Because I don't think they're going to try to, like, have Cordova act on it, really. I mean, like, beyond, like, him mentioning that he cared. Or he did care. Um, But I think, honestly, I think the point of it is they're trying to give Cordova some, like, comp you know, like, complex complexity and, like, some deep issues and, you know, show that he, like, isn't just this asshole, jerk-faced, manly man, guy's guy, you know, whatever. Like, he cares. Like, he's feelings. He's emotions. Yeah. If he were to try and act on it, everybody in that firehouse would end him. Yeah. Well, the fandom would go crazy. Oh, God. It, it would just be, like, the, the Firehouse 51 would have, like, a sacrifice yeah yeah it just i i mean okay so what he cares about gabby everybody in that firehouse cares about gabby i mean i don't know i guess i just don't see the point of it gabby's a happily married woman in a very very stable marriage i shouldn't even say that why did i just put that out into the universe you just Not it. Would. well Again. i think i think the thing is though i think they're trying to use it and like whether she brings it up to matt at some point or whatever but i think they're clearly trying to set up something like issues with dossie or like have them thinking about bigger pictures and what their life's going to look like, you know, for the future and whatever. Like, they're clearly trying to set that up. So whether it ends up being just, like, a huge issue for them or whether it just forces Gabby to think about something else and think about things differently and think about her past and where she wants to go in the future, like, that's what I think that all leads into. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess I can see that. They were just, they were sharing like flirty little glances all throughout the episode. And I'm like, I'm not here for this. I'm not here for it. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, but that's, I mean, you have anything else about fire? No. I mean, the promo for this week's episode, somebody steals money is about all we know. And everyone's going to blame it on Cordova. Yes. And we all know it's not going to, I don't, I really don't think it's going to be him. You think it's going to be somebody else at 51? I don't know, but it feels like that's too obvious. Like, it feels like know. it's too obvious that, like, it's going to be Cordova. And then, like, I I don't know. It just seems way too obvious. Yeah. I know. They said Casey's going to suspect Cordova. Right. I understand them so. suspecting Cordova, but I don't think, like, it just seems way too obvious that it would end up being him. Yeah. So, I don't know. We shall see. Is it this be- week, the Bria episode? Or is that the week after? I think that's next week. Okay. I think. I could be completely wrong. I spent all day on an airplane. Like, don't rely on what I have to say. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's late. I know. It, yeah. Um, so. But yeah, so that's it for episode 56 of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, you can find us on all forms of social media. We're on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Meet Us at Molly's. Straight, right across the board. Um, we have a website. You can find us at meetusatmollies.com. 
Um, you can find all of our podcasts, um, any interviews and stuff Gina have done. Gina and I have done for Talk Nerdy with us. Um, you can send us a message on there through our contact form. Um, yeah, lots of fun stuff on our website. Um, you can follow us individually on Twitter. Um, I am at Brenna K13, Gina. I am at Gina Watches TV. And Ashley is at AshNick095. That is an I C, no K. Ashley, if you're listening, which we hope you are and we know you are, we miss you. Come back, Come soon. back to us. Yeah. yeah. We miss you. We miss you very, very much. But yeah. So that is it for episode 56. And we will be back Friday with something. Yeah, we don't we don't know if we're pulling a double or what. We're just we'll figure it out. But we'll we'll be back on Friday. So yes, every everybody have a good week, and <laughs> we'll be with you on Friday for in something. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So until then, bye everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>